It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. So today is Friday the 13th. And, you know, there's actually a name for fear of Friday the 13th. And I'm going to try to read it to you. It's a very long word. Parascovetic. Wait, let me start over. Parascovetic. Triophobia. Okay. It's a long one. But what I want to say is don't fear today because according to numerology, the number 13 symbolizes a day that is good for concentration. This is a day that is good for setting your mind on something you want to make progress on. The power to concentrate. So if you're someone who fears these days, I'm trying to give you a positive take on it so you'll never fear it again. This will give you something to concentrate on. Today is, um, I was going to say Friday the 13th, but it is Free Advice Friday, the day that I will take your calls and answer your questions about narcissistic abuse. So if you have any, please call 424 424-220-1801. 424-220-1801. Before I get started talking about the struggles of adult children of narcissistic abuse, um, I do want to give you kind of an overview of a course that I've created for you that is going to help you so much bringing all the issues of the past into the present and releasing them. And The course is called Letting Go of Past Pain and Creating the Life You Deserve. So this is a self-paced workshop that takes you on a powerful but a very compassionate journey where you will meet your inner child, identify blocked emotions, experience feelings and emotions that maybe you have never felt before, understand and come to terms with unhealthy regret and guilt. Forgive yourself for anything you feel you have done. Choose whether or not you want to forgive others. Accept yourself and put the past in the rearview mirror. And last but certainly not least, learn how to love yourself. Now, I know the reason I created this course is because I know that these are all the aspects that it takes to bring us from past pain to future happiness, contentment, and the ability to plan, when I say future, I mean now, to be living in the now in a very happy way, and then to be able to set your sights on something that you want in the future with a very healthy mind. (laughs) Um, It's also something that's very important 
if you are in a relationship or about to enter one, or if you are a parent or about to become one. Because all these aspects of self, that if you are a child, were a child of narcissistic abuse, you will not have the ability to do any of these effectively. So if you go to my website, randyfine.com, and you can go to online courses, the course is there for you. I would love for you to take this course. I think it will help you a lot, and then I would like to have your feedback. So go to randyfine.com and go to online courses, and there you can get rid of the past and create the life you deserve. If you'd like to call in and talk to me today, the number, again, is 424-220-1801. So today, we're going to be talking about the struggles of adult children of narcissistic abuse. And um, I actually had my notes before me, but let me see what happened to them. Let me just get them up again. All right, so as an adult child of narcissistic abuse, you likely, if you're listening to me, you likely have learned about your past. You may have even healed from your past, and perhaps you have made peace with it, but you're never going to make sense out of it because Narcissistic abuse is irrational and nonsensical. There's no, no rationality, no sense to be made out of it. Being able to make sense out of something is very hard for the rational mind to accept. How many times have you looked back on your childhood trying to figure out why your parent treated you this way, why your parent treated your siblings another way, why you never measured up to your parents' expectations, why you were impossible to love. These are painful truths and illogical ones. Logic tells you that if you played a role in the past that affected how you were treated, that you must have had something to do with that. After all, you were not a perfect child. But thing is, no child is perfect. And when we look back at our history of narcissistic abuse in our childhood, we begin to judge ourselves and say, well, we may have been rebellious. We may have, you know, talked back. We may have done this. We may have done that. And we may have made mistakes. Well, when you say those things, you are describing a child. No child is perfect. All children make mistakes. All children rebel. All children act out. These are expected behaviors from children. And it comes with a job of parenting. Good parents. Good in as the opposite of narcissistically abusing parents. Love their children no matter what they do. So if you're looking back and you're blaming yourself for some kind of behavior that made you the victim of your parents' abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, stop it right there. 
because good parents love their children through all these stages. You know, if you're, if you're going to have children in your life, you have to be prepared that it's not going to be a smooth sail. There's going to be ups and downs, and children go through stages, and children are developing and learning. So it's not easy. Um, but as a result of this kind of background, of having your emotional growth deliberately stunted, having the natural stages of emotional development from infancy to young adult arrested by parents who feared losing their supply to an independent child. You grow up with a plethora of problems because you have not had the opportunity to learn in a natural way that most children do. Most children who are not living in a toxic or dysfunctional home. So understand that the failures or the inadequacies that you're suffering in your life, you don't, you're doing the best that you can, but that's the best because you don't have the tools. And it really kind of goes back to what I was saying about this course workshop that I have on my website, because this is going to help you to recognize the things that you did not get as a child, all the things that you should have, that people who are just swimming in life, just flowing with life, they got that, either that or they've worked very hard to get it. So if it's been hard for you to pinpoint exactly why you feel the way you do and why you think the way you do, why life seems easy for others and has always felt difficult for you, then you are not alone. Adult children of narcissists all struggle with similar issues. One of them is that they are always searching for the self. The reason that they are doing that is because they've been deprived of autonomy by parents who dictated how they should act and feel. They never were allowed to become their own person. They don't know who they are as individuals or what is best for them. Therefore, you're at the risk of allowing others to define you. And this is why it's so important. This is one of the reasons why it's so important to um, heal yourself before you get into a relationship. Because if you need others to define you, you're going to be abused. You're going to be vulnerable who want to control you. That's the exact opposite of needing someone to define you, control. Um, adult children of narcissists believe they are flawed. They are not good enough. They are not smart enough, not good looking enough, socially unacceptable. We are never sure how others perceive us or if we even fit in. And since we place a great deal of emphasis on what others think of us, often get taken advantage of. These insecurities make us vulnerable to victimization by other narcissists or those, anyone, with a similar agenda. Uh, the third thing that all adult 
children of narcissists struggle with is no matter how old they are, they never feel like a grown-up. Now, in some cases, if you were parentified as a child, if you were made to feel like the decision-maker in the house, you may feel different. But if that didn't happen to you um, and your parents sabotaged your stages of emotional development, then you were not able to mature in the way that other children do. But even if you were parentified, it's basically the same because your stages of emotional development were hindered. And so, no, you have not matured the way other children do it because you matured way too soon before you were ready. You were given responsibilities um, and decision and um be, and you were the decision maker before, long before you were ready to do that. Maybe you were taking care of siblings. Maybe you were taking care of your parents. But all in all, your emotional development has been stunted by your narcissistically abusing parents. Because if you develop into a healthy child, then you not, no longer are narcissistic supply. You've heard me say this so many times, but narcissists have children to grow their own supply. Babies are going to love them, adore them. Toddlers are going to love them and adore them. It doesn't matter how they're treated. But what they don't count on is that you're going to have an emerging self somewhere in your adolescence and early teenage years. Emerging self is not going to be tamped down. So they have to fight extra hard at that time to make sure you don't develop into a self because then you leave them. This is often when it gets very tumultuous with a narcissistic parent. This is often when they really pull in the reins, when they start arguing with you, when they put you down more than ever because they're trying to pull you back from the person you're trying to become. And it's hard because you are seeing your friends at this age develop into people that they want to be and not struggling with it. They're just doing it in a natural way. So what happens is that the more controlling the environment has been, the more violent the breakaway is going to become, which means you're going to have to rebel to get away from it. And so, yes, the things that your parents tell you you did that were horrible at this time, the only reason you were doing them is because you couldn't do it in a natural way, in a natural flow. They were not allowing you to. The fourth thing that adult children of um, narcissists struggle with is they extreme bouts of anger. They experience bouts of um, anger, anxiety, depression, other emotions. Being overcome by thoughts or emotions unrelated to their current reality is a constant reminder of how broken they are. So what is this about? Well, these things only happen. These things only escape and are not, you're not able to control them when you have healed the pain of your past. You have anger. You have resentment. You have pain. You have um is suffering, you have guilt, you have so many things. And 
it's when you get angry, you're not getting angry at the thing that you think you're angry at or the person that you're directing it to. This is all old stuff. This has got to come up and be cleaned out. This is what I want to do with you with this course, letting go of past pain and creating the life you deserve. I want to clean all this out and make way for a really healthy self to emerge. This is what has to happen. Um, So if you're experiencing bouts of extraneous anger, anxiety, depression, other emotions, understand that it is, is a sign of that you are still broken. And do you want to be broken? You don't want to be broken. But this is one of the things adult children of narcissists experience. This one, I think, is going to hit home for, for most of you. We have issues with self-love and self-esteem. Feelings of worthlessness and inadequacy are difficult to overcome after years of being told that you were not good enough. Self-love and self-esteem is something that it can be very foreign to you if you've never been taught it, if you've never been shown it. Because what we interpret self-love and self-esteem as is being boastful and being selfish. They are neither of those things, neither of those things, however you want to say it. Um, self-love is like pouring from a fountain, pouring it into yourself so that you have a full supply, a full well of love. What is that love for? Not only is it to protect yourself, but it's to be able to give it out in a very free and easy way, in a healthy way. We have to know how to love ourselves before we can love others. There is no possible way to love another in a healthy way if you don't know how to love yourself. What you may be doing is being needy or codependent or reliant or um, compliant or any of those things and thinking that that person is your everything because you can't function without that person. That is not self-love and you are not being a loving person. You're a needy person. And if things aren't working out in your relationships, this is something to really take a look at. Are you okay with yourself? Really okay? Do you need validation all the time? Or can you give it to yourself? Do you know who you are, what you like, where you're going in life? Do you know these things about yourself? Or where you, even just where you want to go, what, you, what your goals are, what you hope to be? There are so many components to self-love. And so self-love and self-esteem are things that adult children of narcissistic abuse struggle with. Uh, Let me remind you, if you're listening live, you can call 424-220-1801. I would love to hear from you. Feel free to call in and share or ask. Okay. Uh, Okay. Another thing, this would be, oh, I would say number six. Children 
Adult children of narcissistic abuse are prone to self-blame, shame, and feelings of humiliation. Does that ring a bell? Any of those things? Do you find that you're the first person you blame when something goes wrong? Or when you don't feel right, who do you blame? You. This is a pattern that was developed in childhood by parents who made you feel these ways. They blamed you, shamed you, and humiliated you. Maybe you don't remember all these incidents of this happening, but if you had a narcissistic parent, then they did. They did happen. Sometimes it's subtle or covert. Sometimes it's obvious or overt. But these were taught to you. Um, The next one is adult children of narcissistic abuse tend to be over-responsible, often taking more on more than their share. Do you do that? Do you feel like you have to do it right? Do you feel like you have to please everybody and get everything done? Do you feel like you're giving more out than you're taking in? Are you trying to make up for something? Why are you so over-responsible? Some of us, actually, we're either over-responsible or under-responsible. Sometimes we just don't have the will to be responsible. But it's usually one or the other. There's, there's really not a gray area here. Um, the next one, adult children of narcissists often wonder if something is wrong with them or if they are going crazy at times. It seems that nobody understands your feelings or relates to your experiences. And then when you talk about your childhood or what's happening in your life, people get impatient. Then they tell you to grow up or just get over it. So why wouldn't you think that something's wrong with that? If, if this is what is reflect, reflected back to you in life every time you reach out or you try to express yourself, well, then every time you're told, get over it, why can't you get over it? And you're saying to yourself, I should get over it. You're right. I should get over it. Why can't I get over it? Well, you can't. You can't just get over it. You have to dig into the core of where this all started and work your way out. It's the only way. There are no shortcuts to healing from this kind of abuse. None at all. None at all. Um, Adult children of narcissistic abuse are conflicted about not liking or wanting to be around their parents, but yet often feeling protective over them. It is socially unacceptable to not love your parents, but it is hard to love parents who have treated you so badly. And then there are terrible guilt feelings that arise out of this emotional tug of war. I have done this. I know. I know what this is like. You say, but how can I not love my mother? How can I not love my father? They're my mother. They're my father. How can I feel so strange around them? Why do I say I love you and don't mean it? Why do when they say I love you, you don't feel it? Maybe they don't say I love you. But society tells us that we are to love and honor our mother and our father. These words are emotionally charged words. They bring with them, bring, the words bring with them 
expectations and, and illusions. So when you think of a mother, a mother comes with nurturing and loving and protection. And even though you may not be getting those things or may not have gotten those things from your mother, you're still seeing her that way. Now, if you were abandoned and it was very obvious that your mother didn't care, it might be a little easier for you to see that. And some of you have experienced that. You were ignored. You were abandoned. But for those of you who did not experience that physical abandonment or ignoring, um, this is, you know, you, you are still going to see your parents as the role that they are playing. The father, the father is the protector, the provider, the one who is just there to save the day for you. Fathers are supposed to love their children unconditionally. They're not supposed to abuse them. They're not supposed to sexually abuse them. They're not supposed to physically abuse them. So what you have here, if you are confused about uh, being able to accept that your mother or father is a narcissist, was a narcissist, or if you are having trouble accepting that you don't love them. This is why. You didn't have a mother. You had a narcissist. Everything that I ever say that applies to, a, to narcissistic behavior applies to a mother narcissist. It applies to a father narcissist. But narcissists wear the, the, the robe, the clothing of whatever role they want to play to get what they want, and what they want is narcissistic supply all day, every day. So if they have to be a mother to get it, they're going to. If they have to be a father to get it, they're going to. If they have to be a boyfriend or girlfriend or partner, husband or wife, they are going to. But understand, when you look at this person and they appear to be just like you, they are not. They are a narcissist dressed in a role that is fooling you into thinking that you are supposed to give them something based on the assumption of what that role means. So think about that. Think about it. So, you know, people have problems with, you know, people who are religious and follow the, the Ten Commandments say you're supposed to honor your mother and your father. Well, I don't believe that our supreme being wants us to honor the dishonorable, no matter what that role is. When that, you know, that commandment, I believe, is for the typical mother and father. But if you've been abused, how can you do that? What if you were beaten? What if you were given up and adopt, you know, for, at, um, for adoption at a young age. Are they honorable? Maybe. Maybe you can honor them. Um, what if they're drug addicts or alcoholics? Can you honor them? Are they honorable? So we struggle with these things. But my rule of thumb 
is that we give respect to those who give it back. When we get respect, we give respect. And that applies to our parents, our sisters, our brothers, our partners, our children even. I really believe that we need to give our children respect in order to get it back. That may be a very foreign concept for some of you, but it is really important. And if you think of parenting in that way, respecting the child and the child's needs, where that child is coming from at the time they are in their life, whatever age they are in their life, respecting that age and what comes with it, respecting who they want to be and allowing them to become who they want to be and not really um, taking that personal, making it who you want, who you think they should be because it makes you look better. Maybe everyone in your family was a doctor or a, a, a lawyer. And so you want that child to step in line. Well, what if that child is creative and doesn't want to be either of those things? Then it's not fair to put that on that child. What if that child is not academically inclined? What if they're creatively inclined? Or what if they are brilliant in some specific area that doesn't have to do with academics? We need to honor our children for who they are and the gifts that they bring along with them and not put our requirements on them. So if you're having these, this emotional tug of war with guilt feelings of like, I really, if I, if I had to be honest, I would say, I don't care if I ever see my parents again. If you could be honest and say that, but then you say, but that isn't right. That isn't right. They are my parents. They're aged. They're infirm. They can't take care of themselves. Whatever. They have no money. Whatever it is. If you're saying that to yourself, but really... Every time you have to have a conversation or every time you have to be in that parent's presence, you are experiencing knots in your stomach. You're experiencing confusion in your brain and all the life leaves you. Guess what? You don't have to do those things. But I talk about that actually in a YouTube video that I do about um, whether what our responsibility is to our parents. So you can check that out. So it's important to understand that your narcissistic parents suffer from a mental illness, one they will never seek help for and will never recover from. Whatever love seems real or hopeful is just an illusion. That's a hard one because when you believe somebody loves you, it's hard to look back and say, that was all an illusion. How could that be? But narcissists don't have the ability to love. So that would be impossible. The love never existed and it's never going to exist. It's not going to get better. They're not going to wake up one day and see you for who you are and love you all of a sudden and just say, 
I can't believe how I treated you. I love you. They may not even say it on their deathbed because they don't care. They don't love. This is about um, getting what they need, only what they need, not what you need. Love is loving a person, loving their needs, loving every aspect of that person. Narcissists don't have that ability. They only care about how it's going to affect them. That is it. Bottom line. So this means that you will never have a healthy or satisfying relationship with your parent. That parent is not going to change. And for the sake of your sanity, you must try to come to terms with that or you will make yourself crazy. You will eat yourself up with guilt. Once you accept that reality, you are going to grieve the loss of a parent you never had. Process can be equal to grieving an actual death. And it is very, very painful. So if you start to go into a depression, don't be scared. It is natural and normal. Once you come to terms with this, and then you allow yourself as much time as it takes, days, weeks, months, don't set any expectations. It's going to be different for for each of us. We each grieve in our own way, and we each take different amounts of time to do it. But it is grief, and it is akin to a death, a physical death. This is an emotional death. It's gone. The dreams, the parents, the family you thought you had, the family that you thought was going to be all around the Christmas tree and that your children would get to know and and everybody would be happily ever after. That may never happen. And that happily ever after that you've envisioned all these years that you've been blind to, if you think about it, every single one of those times has been sabotaged. They were not happy times. You know, it may, you may have times when you feel hopeless and when it becomes hard to imagine ever feeling free of your childhood burden. Your past is not something you're going to outgrow and you will not just get over it. But it's about having a determination to create a better life for yourself, a good support team. And patience with the process. And when you have patience and determination, you will heal this festering wound. Wounds leave a scar. But the scar is not to remind you of the pain. The scar is to remind you of how far you've come. And when you look back at that scar, you go, look how far I have come. But this is a process of digging in. And really uncovering all those aspects of self that did not get completed. They may not even have even started. You may not even be aware that these are lacking in you. And that's why I want you to check out the letting go of past pain and creating the life you deserve course. This is a comprehensive course in the spirit of healing and personal growth. And when you come out of this, 
it's a self-paced workshop. When you come out of it, after you go on this powerful, compassionate journey, you are going to be okay. So if your goal here is to be healed, really, truly healed, so that you can move forward in life and not experience all the assaults that happen to us when we don't have these tools, then you want to go through this. You want to do this course and heal yourself. You can do this. You don't have to hurt anymore. Also, in addition to this course, I can't emphasize, as I do all the time, strongly enough how invaluable counseling or therapy in this process of healing is for this type of abuse. Um, And while I say that, it's very, you have to be very careful with who you use, which doctor or psychologist or counselor or coach you use to help you with this issue. Because there are many who say they can help you and absolutely cannot and can make it worse. So you will know, you know, if you talk to me one time, if you have a consultation with me one time, you're going to see the difference about what it feels like to be with somebody who knows how to help you versus someone who is just sort of observing you and letting you speak and going, "Mm mm-hmm, so how did that make you feel? You need somebody who's going to immediately recognize and validate your experience and then support you through the process. In the beginning, it's very difficult to accept this has been the truth, that you have had narcissistic parents, that your narcissistic parents never loved you. You cannot accept that truth. And I know people will, it may take a couple of calls before they're ready to let that go and then begin to move forward because it is very difficult. But if you're telling this to your friends and your family over and over and your coworkers in your neighborhood over and over, you're not getting anywhere because they don't know how to help you move forward. And you need to get this off of your chest. You must talk about your experience. But you should only talk about this to those who know how to help you. And to others, you should not say anything because the more you talk about it, the more unhinged you look. They don't get it and they never will. And you can show them books and you can show them, give them blogs to read and and podcasts to listen to and experts to hear. And if they're not ready to hear this, If they can't relate to it or don't want to relate to it, they will not, and they will not be able to help you, and they will look at you like something is wrong with you. And then what does that do? It perpetuates the self-blame because what they say to you, you then internalize. Healing from narcissistic abuse is largely about coming to a place of fierce self-love. And understand that when you are saying these negative things to yourself, when you are blaming yourself for not being able to move forward, that is not loving and you will not heal. We don't want to say these negative things to us. We have to monitor our self-talk and make sure it's clean and clear and positive 
and loving, if it's anything but, you are going to stay stuck. So that's something to remember. Listen to what you are saying to yourself. You are not to blame. This is a victimization situation. You were brought into this world to be abused. That was the purpose. You were never brought into this world to be loved. You were never brought, brought into this world to be nurtured. And you were never brought into this world with the intention of you becoming an independent, healthy adult. That was never the intention for you. So that wasn't done for you. And you have to do it for yourself. Um, <clears throat> you know, and this, that kind of thinking just keeps you trapped in pain. You will never get out of that cycle, that rumination of what did I do? How could I have done it better? Why did they do this to me? What if I had done this? Wouldn't it have been better? Why didn't I learn to shut up? All these kind of things that you tell yourself, you're putting it on you. You are not at fault here. Narcissistic abuse is a victimization situation. You were brought in this world to victimize. It didn't look that way because narcissists are very good at covering their tracks. You will not see it. They're seamless in their ability to maneuver around these things and to brainwash us and manipulate us and gaslight us and all the tactics that come along with this personality disorder have been done to you. You didn't do anything. And for those times that you may have gotten angry, may have lashed out, may have rebelled, may have said things you regret terribly, you have to understand. That was not an action on your part. That was a reaction on your part. You were reacting to abuse. Reacting to abuse, not acting terribly, not cussing out your parents because you're a bad child, not running away or saying terrible things or telling them you wish they were dead or any of the things that you may now beat yourself up over. That was not you. You were not acting. You were reacting. There's a big, big difference. And the same holds true in adulthood, until you heal these wounds, many of the things, the responses that you have, the emotions that you assert are going to be reactions, not actions. And we don't want to live our life being reactive. We want to be proactive. We want to be active. We want to be in control of the things that we say and do. But if you haven't healed the wounds of your past, the pain of your childhood, then this is never going to happen. You're going to live your life reactive. And then you're going to wonder why everybody tells you you're crazy or tells you you're angry or tells you you have mental problems or whatever. It's because you are reactive. When you are healed, you come from a place of strong, uh, powerful, of strong, powerful self that is making clear decisions about how you want to act or react in any given situation. You're not held hostage by your emotions. This is what 
And if you feel that you're doing this, you need to get rid of that, especially if you have children, because you have to see this process through to completion. If not, your children will somehow suffer for it. I see this over and over. Don't fool yourself into believing that you can do differently with your children than you've done for yourself. You may not think that your pain is negatively impacting your children. And you may believe that maybe the other parent is good and compensates for what you lack, but you are wrong. And the damage that's done to children is not likely to be apparent when they're young. But they are certain to experience difficulty in their adult life. And then they become, you're perpetuating this legacy of dysfunction and abuse. If you don't want your children to go through this and you don't want to heal for the sake of yourself, heal for the sake of your children. So there's no doubt that as an adult child of narcissistic abuse, you have a great deal to overcome. The pain you feel is real. You were severely abused and as a child, you could do nothing about it. You were stuck in a place that you had to learn to somehow function in because you had no other option. But the picture of your life is entirely different now. You are an adult. It's time to reclaim your life as your own, to claim your personal power. Your parent is not the omnipotent figure he or she always appeared to be, nor does your parent hold any power over you. As a full-grown adult, you don't have to answer to anybody but yourself. Your parents can only hurt you if you allow them to. This is very hard to see, and this is really about setting boundaries and loving yourself. That's where this comes in. And boundaries are another thing that's tough for adult children of narcissistic abuse. They don't know what they look like. And people will tell me, well, I set boundaries and they just keep crossing them. So what's the purpose of the boundary? Then you're not setting boundaries. If that's how it's going, you're not setting boundaries because boundary setting means that there must be a consequence for crossing the boundary. You must state it in some way. You must make them aware that this is the boundary and these are the consequences for crossing those boundaries. And in the beginning, when you set these kind of boundaries with these kind of um, consequences, um, you need the consequences to be ones that you actually can fulfill. Because if you don't, you've wasted all your time trying to set a boundary. But if they continue to cross your boundaries, the consequences need to get harsher and harsher to the point where they have something to really lose by crossing that boundary. And in effect, what you really want is for your parents to be afraid of you. It sounds terrible. I know it sounds terrible, but it has to be this way. The, the balance of power has to change. They have to be afraid of you instead of you being afraid of them. It's not going to be a healthy kind of relationship where nobody's afraid. No, it can't be like that. 
they have to fear losing something by crossing your boundaries. And it is harsh, but it must be done. And if it is not done, you will never get anywhere. You can't just go no contact just because you don't want to face this kind of confrontation. Because if you do that, if you go no contact before you have worked through your issues, you are going to be saddled, riddled with guilt. So much guilt that you're going to feel like you need to to retrace your steps and do it differently. So what does that do? Say you go no contact with your parent and then you start to feel super guilty about it. And then you decide, all right, well, I'm going to let him back in and give him another chance. What is that message sending to that narcissistic parent? Aha, I am in control. I am. And then you lose all the ground you gained if you gained any, but you're going to make it worse for yourself. So you never want to set a boundary without a consequence that you can fulfill. Be ready to fulfill them and be hard. Um, so you, and you, it's impossible to make a healthy decision about limited contact, no contact, whatever you want to do until you have worked with somebody and gotten to a place where you fully understand this, where guilt is gone. Guilt is not even a, an aspect of your consideration. It's based on this is what I need for me. And you need to get to that place of understanding exactly what you need to keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself healthy. I didn't say get healthy. I said keep yourself healthy. There's a, there's a big difference there. I'm not saying get rid of them so then you can get healthy. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you choose to go no contact to keep yourself healthy because you've already done the work then that is, you're going to be, do, be able to do that with clean hands, not worry about it, not feel guilty about it, and never look back. Um, if you have siblings that have yet to recognize the nature of their childhood abuse, uh, generally they are not going to be receptive. If they are, just hand them information, send, set them, uh, give them my website, let them read through articles, give them a link to my book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind. Let them read for themselves. But I can tell you in most cases, only one child rises up out of the ashes, ashes, only one, and the rest of the children, the other siblings, go in for their share, whatever morsels the parents were giving out. Because there was never enough to go around. And when you give up your share, the rest of them are going to jump in and take it and then turn against you. So you have to be very careful with your siblings. They, um, they will not take your healing and your, you know, your ability to move forward in life in a healthy way lightly. They will judge it. They will be envious of it. And often it will bring them closer to the, the abusive parent because now they're going to jump in and take your share. So the sibling thing, you know, in my book, Close Encounters, I, um, 
I write about just uh, pulling together a force with your, your siblings. Um, and I am wrong about that. You know, when I wrote this book, I had a great relationship with my siblings. After it came out, it all fell apart. It all fell apart. And I really got to see what the truth was. So I say it in my book, but it's not necessarily the truth. You may not be able to trust your siblings. You know, in a narcissistic family, everybody is in their own corner trying to survive. Everybody. And those of you who listen to me on a regular basis, um, I hope you're listening to me understanding that my goal here is to help you. My goal is to give you the best direction possible. That's what I want to do. I don't want you to walk down the wrong road. I don't want you to waste time with somebody who can't help you. I have the utmost confidence in what I do. I don't know other personality disorders. I don't know other mental illnesses. I can't diagnose a personality disorder. I can't, I don't have that. But what I know is how to help those who have suffered abuse at the hands of a narcissist. And I'm very passionate about this work. I'm very passionate about it because the people who come to me are so devastated and broken that it makes me not angry, but it just, it just furthers my drive to want to do this work because I see so many people. I hear from so many people. And it isn't until they learn what they've experienced and can see it very clearly without me having to say it, and they can look at the, their abuser and truly see what was done to them, until they can do that, they cannot heal. And the, the reason that I say that it's important for whoever's working with you to understand what narcissistic victim syndrome is. And it is not something that is diagnosable by a traditional mental health practitioner. It is not diagnosable. So, you know, we think that, you know, okay, well, they have a PhD in psychology or they're an MD or psychiatry or a, a DO or whatever it is in psychiatry, and they must know everything about mental health. Not true. Not true. They don't. They know what's in the DSM-5. They know what they've learned in school. And many of them do not step out of their box to think about something different. There are some that do. I know of some who do. And it just, it's, it thrills me. As a matter of fact, I have therapists who come to me who are now going to be better at doing this because of the work they've done with me or after reading my book, because they say, I didn't know any of this. I didn't learn it. I have no training in this. And when people come to me, I don't know what I'm seeing. So I think they're depressed. I think they have anxiety. I think they're bipolar. I can't tell you how many people have come to me after going to a doctor 
and being told they're, they're bipolar and put on lithium. I can't tell you how many of my clients have come to me after being institutionalized because their mental health was so whacked out. And nobody, especially the people who have caused that to be whacked out, um, they don't want to see what they've done. And so it's easier for them to blame the victim and institutionalize the victim. And, I mean, I have one client who had shock treatments to help him get rid of these demons inside of him. Um, So when I say this with passion, I say it because I have the experience to know this. This is what I do. This is all I do. I study it, experience it. I have the background in it. I have the personal experience. And you know what? Narcissistic abuse is so convoluted. It, it keeps changing. It's never the same. It's, there's no logic to it. If you haven't experienced it yourself, there is no way, none, that you can help another get over theirs because you will never understand all the twists and turns that go on with narcissistic abuse. And if you've been abused, you know what I mean. It is so confusing. Even I get confused when I have to, re- you know, to, to have any kind of interaction with my family. I get very confused. All of a sudden, my head starts to spin. So even me, knowing what I know and having all the filters that I have, and are still susceptible to my primary um, button pushers when I'm around them. I want you to heal. That is my purpose. There are people out there that are going to say, I'm a quack, whatever. All you have to do is read my book, read the messages, read the testimonies, testimonials that are in there. Talk to people who have worked with me, and they will tell you that their life changed because nobody really knew how to help them. I am not patting myself on the back at all because I do not – I know that I'm getting information from elsewhere. I know that I'm able to help each person independently because I'm able to tap into something else, and I know what they need. But if you are hurting and you want to get better – You can. You absolutely can. So three things, three options. Um, One is to go to my site, randyfine.com, and go to letting go of past pain. Well, it's actually under, um, in the drop-down menu. You go to online courses, and the course is there, and you can take a look at it. Um, I definitely urge you to pick up a copy of Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, if you have not already. Uh, it's available in digital. Um, it's um, paperback, and it is uh, spoken. Okay, so you can listen to it. Audible. It's audible, paperback, and digital. Uh, whatever way you like to read or learn the best, it's there for you. The other thing is that. Um, If you have any questions about who I am or where I've come from, you may want to pick up a copy of my memoir, Cliff Edge Road, because I tell the story. I tell the story of how this happens to a child 
and how a child can get out of this as an adult. I tell the story. And so if you're interested in knowing why I do what I do, why I'm so passionate about what I do, where I get my information from. And also, I just wrote an article on my website, randyfine.com, called Living in Denial of Narcissistic Abuse. Um, What is the title? Let me see what I said. Yeah, something about living in denial um, that it the the things that can happen to you when you do, that it's a choice you don't want to make. Check out that article because I talk about a very recent incident that happened in my life, in my family, and what I went through because I think that you all need to know I've walked in your shoes. I have. I continue to walk in your shoes. I'm 63 years old. I've been walking in your shoes all of these years. I've had every experience that one could have, but I've also researched a tremendous amount. Every day I pull up new information and learn it so that I can be better at what I do. I should have a PhD in this. Nobody's going to give it to me, but I should because I have studied for a lifetime talk out of the top of my head. I have information. I know what I'm talking about. So thank you for listening to me. Uh, If you listen to me all the time, thank you for trusting me with your mental health um, and understanding what my motivation is here, why I do what I do. So that is all. Let me tell you about the next show. Okay. Oh, Lisa Barnett. Okay. So on um, August 11th, I'm having Lisa Barnett. And let me see what she is. I have so many guests. I have to look at them and see what I do. Lisa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She taps into the Akashic Records. Um, And her... She asked the question, what if you could shift the course of your life by clearing karmic blocks and soul contracts with ease? She is not here to give readings. She's here to teach about how you can do this for yourself. That will be on August 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern. If you'd like to call in next time, the show is always at 11 a.m. Eastern on the second Friday of every month. And the number is 424 220 1801. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R A N D I F I N E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.